another movie review podcast. At least it's better than a car crash. And we'll do it some funny ads. Talking movies and having a blast. It's the Beated Podcast. It's the Beated Welcome to Beat It Movie Reviews. I am Giant Ape Joe Cabello, and this is Radioactive Lizard Chris Asoda. What's up, Chris? Hey, how's it going? Are you happy that you were uh, <clears throat> chosen to be Godzilla instead of... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's more true to my heritage since I am Japanese. That's so what I'm I appreciate thinking. that. Yeah, yeah, that's why I went with that. Yeah, And even though I have radioactive poisoning. So it True. would have been more yeah. accurate in that way for me, but yeah, we didn't do it. And we're talking I have, about the, <laughs> what's I have seen glow in the dark green stuff come out of your mouth too, so Well, that was because uh, I was hooking up with um <laughs> Green Lantern as played by <laughs> what's going on here? We're off the rails. <laughs> Listen everybody, we are here to uh, review Kong versus Godzilla. Or actually is the official Godzilla versus Kong is the official title. That's a one that I'll probably oh, yeah. never get right. Yeah. And that's going to be our official review. We're going to be joined by Noah Kinsey. He's a uh, podcaster, writer, all-around great guy. He'll join us for that review. But before we get into reviewing Godzilla vs. Kong, let's get into what we've been watching, starting with our segments. Let's start with a segment. Uh, your choice, Chris. Which segment are we starting with? Uh, let's see. You want to do the, gosh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier? Yeah, what is it? Uh, the Falcon and the, the Winter Soldier Long? Yes. No, winter Long? <laughs> Soldier Long, uh, okay. I think. So, uh, let's talk about episode three. We're past the halfway point of the entire series, correct? Because it's a five-episode <clears throat> series? It's six episodes, so oh, okay. this is... The halfway mark after this yeah, episode. Like, yeah, like, okay. Perfect halfway point. Um, let's talk about it. The last episode ended with uh, they needed to go talk to Baron Zemo. What did you think about this episode, Chris? Uh, I think I loved it. I thought it was great. Favorite episode so far. Madripoor is awesome. Very cool stuff going on. How about you? What's Madripoor? The city that they go to. Or the... Uh, <laughs> okay. this, country they go to that's like the cd underbelly got it world uh yeah i love this episode and it made me love zemo <laughs> i think the last time uh, we were talking about this show i would be, maybe made fun of the fact like oh so exciting we're gonna go see zemo uh this episode it's like they just said hey whatever he was and however he was before let's just kind of like <laughs> fresh slate this guy yeah, and he was really fun. And plus, I love that actor. Um, uh, I, uh, is it Daniel Bruhl? Daniel Bruhl, I think. Perhaps yeah. it's him. Uh, in Glorious Bastards is when I first came to notice him. Yeah, he typecasted at always as a Nazi, some sort of <laughs> Nazi soldier. If you look at like his IMDb, there's like eighty percent of his roles. The are... perfect Nazi. Uh, yeah, I uh, thought he was just uh, great, and I've been. That's kind of what I, I didn't love about uh, 
Civil War with him in it. He plays a big part, certainly, but I just didn't feel like he got to spread his wings and do anything mm-hmm. all that interesting. Yeah, he was just like a sulky, like, really overly vengeful, fucked mm-hmm. up guy. Yeah, not met much in terms of uh, chewing up the scenery. So this is, uh-huh. was really fun to see him just kind of take over the series. I think it feels almost necessary to balance out the Tango and Cash type of situation uh-huh. that's happening with Falcon and Winter Soldier. Because there are, there are peas in a pod. You know, they're, they're pretty similar. Mm-hmm. So to have somebody who's a little bit off, um, I think is the exactly what I kind of needed to make this seem fresh in the third episode. Yeah. Yeah, I thought... So the the city or this country that they go to is like a place that's popular in the comics because it's mostly related to X-Men stuff. So that's another cool little thing in there where they're like, you know, kind of teasing more of some sort of X-Men universe that's existed. Yeah. In the in the MCU. Uh, So that yeah, that's another cool aspect. But uh, yeah, Zemo was really cool. He got to do a lot of fun stuff. And I like that he was just killing people. (laughs) it's pretty funny also um the sharon carter emily van camp her character oh my gosh also killing everyone too which is awesome yeah uh, she's just awesome the fact that she's just a survivor just does not give a fuck is like yeah i mean i i always think how would i be in those situations right not that you could do that with any of these characters but the uh-huh. human characters, like the characters who are really like yeah. not having invincibility, you're like, how yeah. would I? Or super strength. Yeah, and just the the ballsiness of like, okay, I'm gonna fuck up these guys. Then like, yeah, we're still surrounded. I'm gonna walk out of here, and I'll see you guys later. It's just very cool seeing the human characters that are, um, it's the Shield people, like Nick Fury too. Where you're like, dude, why are you shooting at an alien? <laughs> but you're in there. You're in the game. Yeah, there's uh, some great stuff. Wyatt Russell being like a real shitlord in this episode, too. Yeah, a turn, a little heel turn happening. Yeah, more and more of a... Acting like more and more of a baby in every episode. The, you know, I guess I was... I heard on something that he had to like to, to delete his Twitter or something. Because people were just... People just hate him online oh you know what i did hear a little bit of that yeah which is so that's so shitty that he's doing such a good job that people are like in real life hating him Mm -hmm. and that just reminded me like what if they just had cast uh the guy who played joffrey in game of thrones as as cap the new cap i thought that's kind of the type of move they were doing when i didn't recognize it as wyatt Uh uh-huh i thought it was like a weird guy or something that we would kind of like naturally hate um, but it was just, yeah. again, the way his face mask was on his face. Um, but, yeah, yeah. I always I, that always bums me out uh, because yeah. you've seen it in different levels happen, like with Kelly Marie Tran with Star Wars, which was yeah. uh, had other layers to it. But anytime mm-hmm. there's just that uh, unable to separate the character from the actor who just took a job, certainly Wyatt Russell is fine in many ways because... <laughs> He is Wyatt Russell, yeah. but still, it's a yeah. bummer. Yeah. 
it really makes you wonder, you know, like us talking about these shows, having guests on. Imagine having the guest on who's just all of a sudden like, man, Wyatt Russell, I was tweeting at him to go kill himself because of how he's playing uh, this role. Yeah. And we're just like, wait a minute. Like, where are these people? Where yeah, the hell are right. they? What are they doing? Where do they come from? Why don't they understand? They don't have friends to tell them, like, hey, you need to, to fucking change, drastically. Delete that tweet. Yeah, yeah. it's it's very upsetting. Um, yeah, any other thoughts about this episode? Uh, the twist at the end was cool. The reveal of the uh, Black Panther stuff makes me very interested in what will happen in the next episode what was the remind me of it at the end uh the winter soldier was like you guys go on ahead i'm gonna take a walk and you're like yeah fucking right you're just gonna go take a walk oh yeah and then he he's he meets up with the uh oh yeah characters from black panther right yeah now i I recall yeah because that's like a whole world that is he's an asset to getting into that world as far as a storytelling asset um, mm-hmm. branching into the Wakanda stuff. So that will be pretty cool. And this yeah. I've seen, I've, I have heard people and we have done it comparing, pardon, comparing this to WandaVision, which I think at the beginning we, we did because, Hey, this is the next flagship Marvel show. I think it's, uh-huh. it's been weeks since any comparison is even welcome. I think, because uh, they're just yeah. such different shows. I am enjoying this one more, while also, all said and done, I would say it's not as good of a show. Yeah, not as creative in, in terms of its storytelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but that being said, I am enjoying it and just kind of throwing it on on a Friday night. It's very fun for that. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, cool. So that's Falcon and Winter Soldier. Three more episodes, three more weeks. Uh, so stay tuned with us. Go check it out. Even if we um spoiled anything for you, we didn't get into too many spoilers in this. I think it's still just a fun show uh, to go mm-hmm. go with, and I think a show that you could watch with like your parents, you know, or something like oh, that, yeah. and they would be like, "Oh yeah, I, I get this." Mm-hmm. Three more episodes for uh, GSP to make a return again. Yes. Hopefully. Still fingers crossed. Please, the jumper. What is it? Buster the Leaper. The Leaper. <laughs> That's what the hell his name is. <laughs> uh, let's get into our next segment before we get into our other random reviews. Random reviews. They're so random. <laughs> Got a new soundboard, everybody. Uh, but we'll, we'll play it again later. Let's talk about our Invincible Invincible Long. Episode 4 yes. of the Invincible series on Amazon Prime following the Robert Kirkman Ryan Otley comic book series. Um, let's talk about it. This uh, we've both been enjoying this series a lot. What do you think about episode 4? Um yeah, again, loved it. I the thing is like most of the early Invincible stuff I read, you know, 15 years ago. And I haven't, I've never like reread it. I just read the new issues as they came out. And a lot of it, the big story arcs I remember, but then the smaller bits I have definitely forgotten about. So, you know, he's in this episode, like he's going to Mars. And I'm like, oh, right. He went to Mars. I totally forgot about that. And yeah, I was. It's getting always a lot like of a pleasant surprise. Yeah, right. 
yeah, that was uh, uh, that was definitely like things are. I'm having the same experience where starting to remember. Oh yeah, the um, that character and going to this storyline. Yeah, and you know, I was reading online because I think we had talked about it briefly, but like I was never under the impression that in the comics Mark was part Asian. But we were talking about it briefly, and I was trying to Google it and like look at maybe his like Wikipedia page, mm-hmm. and I couldn't me- see any mention of his like original nationalities or anything like that. But then on like message boards, I saw people saying like that he was always supposed to be part Asian, but there's nowhere in the comics or like anywhere that I mm-hmm. could see that, and I just feel bad that like I read that whole series and didn't even realize it. <laughs> That's crazy to me that. If that's the case, which it is a little, into, yeah, it's a little difficult anyway, because like the main focus being his dad, who is like this uh, Superman proxy alien. alien. Yeah. So you kind of get, it kind of gets lost. His heritage gets lost in that. I think regardless. Um, but yeah, this is the kind of aliens esque Martian uh, mission that he goes on, uh, which I, started to vaguely remember like i had mentioned as i watched it and yeah i i forget i put this on after a show that i'm going to talk about later that i didn't so much enjoy watching um and it just felt like such a joy and such a a different pace like it's really weird going from a show that's really good after watching a show that you didn't like and was boring like immediately after Uh And I had to watch the show for research purposes is why I didn't watch the show I didn't like. Um, Okay. So there was just something that you're able to see it a lot more of when something's working. And yeah, this episode was working a lot. And I love how the pacing of the story is happening of this, the detective Hellboy guy. Yeah. Um, You know, you're like, okay, he's going to catch on. Oh, and then Cecil stabs him in the back or not even stabs him in the back but stops him i just love that storytelling Mm -hmm. where um the hero or the protagonist gets out of it by the least likely of sources um yeah so it's just some really good writing and animation and everything is really kicking yeah it just it's it scratches this cool itch of like being a little bit like the boys with its like ultra violence and and like character deaths and stuff like that but then also having the fun of like what marvel movies and shows have as well yeah it juggles both of them mm -hmm. in like the perfect mixture of of fun but also serious very serious at sometimes yeah it's able to play in the world of superheroes while also mm-hmm. being a play on them similar to what like my uh, hero academia does that's a great superhero modern superhero show where they take kind of all the tropes of uh-huh. superheroes the way invincible does you know there's the fast guy there's the person who goes through walls there's all those things but they just tweak them to be new enough it's like that as well and um similar vibe so if you like invincible for that reason but they both are able to play and be like hey here's cool superhero shit but also here's a little bit of critique on the tropes and critique on uh, the storytelling of the past. So that's cool. yeah. Invincible. 
Yeah, I'm really excited for the show. I don't. Do you know the plan for the season? Like how many episodes it is? It I believe it is eight episodes. So they're also at their halfway point for the season. Okay, this is one of those shows where you're like similar to My Hero Academia or a One Punch Man, which I think are two shows you could definitely put in to this the realm of Invincible. Um, where I'm like, I wish this show could just continue every week forever yeah but you're like no it's animation it's impossible for anything like that to happen uh so yes if you like invincible check out those animes even if you're not an anime person i think they'll uh they'll tickle you let's get into what else we've been watching chris what else you've been watching all right, uh, I watched a couple things this week. The first thing I'm going to talk about is I watched uh, the Mighty Ducks Game Changers, the oh first two episodes my. of the new Mighty Ducks show. Okay, on Disney, Disney Plus. Yeah, the new Disney Plus, <laughs> a big get. Which you know what? I knew it came out because I I was on Disney Plus to look at the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Other than that, did uh-huh. not know, would not have known it was out. Yeah. So that's not good, I feel. Yeah. <laughs> the, the only reason I realized it was actually out, I knew it, it was like in the works or coming out at some point, but yeah, one yeah. of my friends who's very into hockey was like, oh, I watched the first two episodes. It was great. And I was like, oh, that's how? Okay. <laughs> and then, yeah, after watching uh, the Winter Soldier episode, I saw the uh, the tag for it. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe I'll just check this out now, too. Yeah, I w- like you said, I was also aware of it was coming out. But yeah, it being out, definitely not. So yeah, what would you think of it? Yeah, so uh, it's totally, you know, a fun show. If you like the original, it's very much in the same vein, you know, a bunch of misfit kids making a team. But it's the thing is, like, the way the show starts, it's, you know, Lauren Graham and... Uh, Emilio Estevez basically carrying the show with a bunch Sold. of like unknown new kids, but yeah. Well, so yeah, Lauren. If Graham, you like them, it's done. It's perfect. You know, she's the mom. She's she's everything. And uh, so the it's great because the show starts with the main kid. He's on the ducks already, doing practices, and then he gets cut in the very beginning. And they're like, oh, the the coach is just a huge shitlord, and uh, Lauren Graham's like, fuck it, we'll make our own team. You know. And so the show is about them nice. trying to find enough people to uh, make a team in time for the the start of the season. And uh, they get a lot of cool, interesting kids that seem pretty funny to join the squad. Um, a couple of them are are pretty funny characters. The thing, the only thing that was just bothering me about the show is the the way that the parents on the mighty ducks team they're like the elite kids so they're all these like overachieving parents that want their kids to be like Mm -hmm. slaves and you know do all this crazy stuff but the way that the the coach cuts the kid he's like you're not cut out for this like you suck i'm doing you a favor go go you know be do something else that you'll actually be good at you know and he's saying this to the kid right in front of the kid's mom and you know lauren graham's like you know, she she basically like tells him off, mm-hmm. but you know we've worked with kids for almost our whole lives now, and we understand that you can't 
shit talk a child in front of their parents. Yeah. Or, you know, you can't do that at all. But, like, especially in front of their parents, you're going to be chewed out and then you're going to get fired because you're being a piece of shit. And so it just, it was, like, mind-blowing of, like, man, this guy would not last a fucking day, especially with these overachieving parents, right? Yeah. Those kind of parents would not ever allow anyone in a position of power to talk like that to their kids. Yeah. You know, these days, it's like, yeah. So it's just that, it was just this kind of, like, this whole bit of, like, her trying to rise up against these the coach and the parents who are all assholes so that aspect of the show kind of bothers me that like all adults in this universe are just pieces of shit and (laughs) and don't stand up for people who are being bullied at all so i was like wow you know but other than that you know the kids are all real fun and i'm sure the story will turn around very cool stuff with that i think i'll check it out because of lauren graham you know, that's yeah, if you like her, sell. it's it's almost like her. It's like half her show, half the kids' show. You know, that's a pretty. It's in, an interesting anchor to the show because, for me at least, and I think a lot of people like if you inject Lauren Graham in there and just say make it work, that's uh-huh. going to be a good show regardless. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, hey, let, th- we're not sure if people will be interested in these new kids. Well, just have <laughs> Lauren Graham be interesting okay <laughs> yeah and, you know lauren graham's so great because it's like every decade she starts a new show where she's the mom and mm-hmm. then her kid like and then it's like what gilmore girls came out in 2000 and her daughter in that show was much older than this kid who's like 12 in this show yeah 21 What's years later yeah. so sick same it's, mom it's pretty awesome oh. she can do it well, that's cool. That's on Disney Plus. That's the yeah. uh, Mighty Ducks Reborn. No, I don't know. Game changers. <laughs> Game changers. Okay. And they're not because it's funny too because this the team that they make isn't the Mighty Ducks because that's who they're like against now. Yeah, that so you know they're trying to that. do the Cobra Kai type of thing. Yeah, exactly. Right. It. I will say just since Cobra Kai is getting mentioned, and I think I've mentioned it before. I am open to the Mighty Ducks because of Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai taught me that just because it seems like it's just draining an IP of any of its blood does not mean it ha- it doesn't have anything fresh or awesome to bring to the yeah. table. So thank you, Cobra Kai, for teaching me that <laughs> so that I might now go into Game Changers with my game changed. Um, one show I watched was for the Shut Up, I Love It podcast. We haven't recorded the episode yet. Shut Up, I Love It is a podcast I host with Sasha Filer. We talk about, or we have a guest come on, talk about something that's underrepresented, um, misunderstood, or disliked. And we um, got told to watch Comrade Detective, which is an Amazon Prime show um, starring Channing Tatum and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And this show, it's it's really interesting. Wait, what's the show called? Comrade Detective. <laughs> and so you're like, why have I never heard of a Russian detective show with those two actors? Well, they voice it because it's overdubbed um, over other actors acting as these Russian guys. And the conceit of the show is that this is a real Russian propaganda show that they have, like, unearthed 
and decided to overdub to show like as a historical piece of uh, historical artifact. So Channing Tatum and Joseph Gordon-Levitt like are like acknowledging we overdubbed this to bring it to life or bring it out to the world, but it's, they just actually made it and shot it. So that sounds really interesting, right? Like these Uh two big actors making the show overdubbing it and just kind of doing a weird world within world type of show. Well, let me, let me read the uh, first sentence from the production section of the IMDb page to give you a sense of where I'm going with this. When first conceiving the series, executive producer Channing Tatum asked the creators to bring him, asked uh, creators to bring him the worst ideas they could think of. With the reasoning, when you try to find something that's not working, you figure out what's cool about it and you can find some really hidden gems. (laughs) So basically, this is what they found was one of the worst ideas ever. And you know what? This show, I didn't really like it. And here's the reason why. It has one joke, and that joke is that it's Russian propaganda. So, like, the bad guys are the Americans, and they make fun of American people and talk up how you know, great being Russian and communist is. Uh-huh. And that's like the only joke. Everything else is just a straight procedural buddy cop show without any real okay. frills. So it's fairly boring in that way. And it's not as funny <laughs> as it could be, especially being overdubbed. I think because uh-huh. they the whole joke is they want to stick to the reality of it you know, not being a comedy, it's funny because it's taken out of context. Uh, so yeah, if it's just like watching a generic buddy cop procedural. So I just couldn't get into it. I watched two episodes, they're 45 minute episodes and I, it's not bad. I just am not really interested in just watching a procedural buddy cop show. So I'm yeah. sure if you like those shows, you'd probably actually really like this because it's just kind of funny to have Channing Tatum and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. But in a lot of ways, I was thinking, well, no, I just want to see a buddy cop show with Channing Tatum and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. That would be cool to me is to yeah. see them like act with each other. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and there's a bunch of great actors in it, which I think also part of the there must be some sort of. Uh, production and budget element to that where it's like we can get a lot mm-hmm. of our great friends to to do this but they have to overdub uh-huh. it because like it's much easier <laughs> is to it fit that is it part schedules. of uh joseph gordon levitt's like hit record i don't company. i don't think it is i think it's channing tatum's more uh producing okay. it just with uh with what's his name you don't hear yeah. anything good coming out of hit record <laughs> Can we just take a second uh, to t- talk about hit record? It's supposed to be a thing you re- you put anything up there, music, video, whatever, and then people can use uh, that to make a new thing. Never yeah. heard of a single I, good I, thing. I, I, haven't, I haven't seen, not even bad though, too. It's like at the same time, like I just haven't heard of a single thing where someone's like, hey, check this out. Whoa, that was cool. And at the end, oh shit, it was a hit, hit record yeah. production. Holy shit, they did something. Like I haven't seen anything at all. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, it, there must be something going on there. But you I know what know. else is weird is like I feel like in the last couple of years there's been a real 
Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Channing Tatum drought in film and TV. Right. Like, where, what have they been doing? They've been doing They're, the Comrade Detective. Yeah. We need more of them. Yeah, so I would. Uh, yeah, so the, the cast looks cool, right? It's a great For cast. The, uh, voice actors. Fred Offerman. Fred Offerman. Jason Nick Offerman. Manzucas, it looks like. Yeah, the cast, the cast is great, but that's kind of what the heartbreaking thing about it is. That, uh, like, I want to see It's like them. they're all participating in this because it's their friends thing, not because <laughs> it's, like, actually good. Yeah, and it's not bad. It must have been fun. Uh-huh. And, yeah, again, it's just, it really wasn't for me because it was, like, I was almost expecting and wanting something like, um, gosh, what is the slapstick cop show starring... The girl from Parks and Rec. Oh, gosh. How do I not know this? Yeah, Amy Poehler? Um, not Amy Poehler. The uh, the other one from Parks Aubrey and Plaza? Rec. Aubrey Plaza? The other one. Oh, <laughs> so. yeah. Uh, Ann Perkins. Uh-huh. Uh, gosh, I did. Rashida Jones. <laughs> yeah, Rashida, Rashida Jones, Jones, everybody. Please, tweet she at us. That- cop procedural right that's like a that's really funny hilarious show can't imagine why i'm forgetting it um but i was kind of more expecting something like that and it's angie tribeca is the show yeah and it just didn't quite do it um but i you know if it sounds interesting enough check out the first 10 minutes 20 minutes because they do the little intro of hey this is a show that we unearth blah 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 and that's all very interesting, and then you'll see if you like the rest of it. Um, but that's Comrade Detective, Amazon Prime. What else have you been watching, Chris? Okay, so the last thing that I watched was actually two movies on HBO Go, which were DC animated features, uh, one of which was Justice League Dark. Um, hmm. And that's basically starring Batman and... Uh, john constantine so it's like a a justice league story that involves like the more magical side of the dc universe right so it's like batman can't figure out what's going on with some sort of crime and it seems like of magic origin so he goes to john constantine to help him figure out what's going on and so that movie is basically like a it's like a guardians of the galaxy type Uh, story where they get this team together of like all magic users in the dc universe to try to overcome some plus batman big magic yeah magic thing and batman's there too (laughs) uh that was very very basic i think it was not even an hour and a half it might have been like hour 20 but one of the cool things about these animated ones with with constantine is that they use the actor from the constantine show that they had okay he does the voice of him in the animated movies, and he's really good. Uh, but yeah, they have like a couple of characters, probably a lot that people haven't heard of unless they've seen these movies because they're kind of obscure. But like uh, Zatanna is like the main, probably biggest high profile other magic character. Uh, but yeah, the the voice cast is cool. That movie was okay. I didn't think it was like amazing, but it definitely wasn't bad. A lot of these DC animated movies, it seems like they're always, like, pretty good. 
if it, you know, they're never like, oh, that was terrible. Mm, they're entertaining, but maybe not memorable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then I watched the, they made another Justice League Dark uh, movie called uh, Apocalypse War. Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. And that one, a lot of these DC movies, what they will do is they will animate basically some kind of like one-off uh, stories that they do of like the the world gets destroyed and there's only a couple of heroes left mm-hmm. and they need to do something to fix everything. So that's what a lot of the, I've noticed a lot of the animated features are. So for this one, it's like a dark side. I mean, people have seen Justice League now, the, the actual mm-hmm. movie, Zack Snyder's cut. So they know who dark side is, but in this movie, basically dark side, like takes doomsday's DNA and he combines it with those parademons from the movie, the justice league movie, yeah. those little flying bat dudes. So they're these flying bats that have like the strength of Superman essentially. Oh, wow. And there's so many of them. Right. So, yeah. So basically it's like a, it says it's an apocalypse because m- majority of the heroes in the universe get wiped out and like earth is basically overrun. Uh, and there's only a few heroes left to save them. So Superman gets John Constantine and uh, basically it's like Superman and John Constantine and Raven from Teen Titans. And then like Damian Wayne, uh, Damian Wayne, that man's <laughs> Damian Wayne's junior. Uh, he, they group up with like the suicide squad as like some of the only people Very left cool. on earth. Yeah. To, uh, to, beat Darkseid, who has taken control of Batman, and Batman is his, his, like, commander for, like, the enemy forces, and he works with, like, Lex Luthor to control the Earth. So, they have to find a way to beat them all. And, uh, like, Superman is depowered. Uh, It shows he gets beat, and Darkseid, like, tattoos with kryptonite, like, the S on his chest, so he can no longer use his powers. He's just, like, a normal person. Damn, that's heavy. It's, like, embedded in his skin, yeah. So there's, it. it's, these movies are fun because they're always just, like, what if just half of them were wiped out? Because you watch them, and you're like, oh, why, why doesn't Wonder Woman just come save them? Or Superman should just appear. And they're like, well, they're all dead. And then they basically, in the movie, will show you, like, how all these other characters died. So you're like, okay, this is all we have mm-hmm. left? That's crazy, and... It's fun. A lot of the times they're like almost R-rated. They'll show a lot of like blood violence and they'll swear too a bunch, which is oh, interesting. Oh yeah, like the the Killing Joke where Gordon's daughter yeah, is raped gosh. and that's played on multiple TVs. I do appreciate um, DC's what they've done with their movies in that way of kind of doing the thing I've wished all comic book movies would do, which is just do one shot movies. You know, yeah. and we'll we'll get it. I think Marvel's done a bit of that with their animated movies as well, but I haven't caught a lot of those. And, of course, we're going to see the What If series from Marvel. But it feels yeah. like a little bit of like what DC's been doing exactly, for yeah. a while. Yeah, because, like, you know, part of this movie, they refer to the Flashpoint series, which is, like, another big event that they did where the Flash goes back in time to save his mother and it messes up all of time. So all the characters are different. And I know like in the, the Zack Snyder movie, they reference, they kind of are pushing towards that. And I think in the flash movie, 
it's going to be about that. But like, I, I have you ever read or watched the Flashpoint stuff? Cause no. like one of the most fun ideas that it has is like, he goes back in time, saves his mom. The history of the world's different. So like Batman, the origin of Batman is different in that comic. And Bruce Wayne actually gets shot outside of the theater mm. as a child. And then, uh, his name the dad thomas wayne becomes batman from that and martha wayne becomes the joker because she becomes crazy from the death of her child so yeah it's like they do all this stuff that's like really fun to play with where you're like oh that's a fun idea let's run with that for you know a trade or two and then we don't need to see more of it we just entertain the idea until until it's, until it's not fun or in its course yeah, yeah. that's yeah. that's a really cool thing to do yeah well cool and that's on hbo max is it or do you have to have the yeah DC? yeah hbo hbo <clears throat> max basically has all of that dc uh i think it's called dc universe uh movies and stuff like that so there's a ton on there it's pretty crazy yeah there's a lot of great stuff on there so check it out especially if you see a lot of stuff that's based on uh, comic book series or you know a run of comics that you're like oh, I'm not going to read those or I've always wanted to but I think they do pretty mm-hmm. well from what I've heard at most of those at handling a lot of those yeah Um. cool now jumping into something I've been watching I watched a, uh, a little movie for Korean movie review night called Miss and Mrs. Cop now, this is a buddy cop movie that is about a, a sister-in-law and her sister, yeah, two sister-in-laws, I guess you would call them, who are cops at the kind of the lowest rung who go to f- solve a crime. Now, I have a hard time knowing where to start with this movie. I guess I'll start with kind of the more detailed synopsis than what I just gave. It's that two cops need to stop a ring of men from having a revenge porn movie get 30,000 likes after the girl has committed suicide because of the video and it's a slapstick comedy (laughs) so it's kind of it's i posted some clips on my twitter i think one clip on my twitter where i saw that it's really it looks funny. Like a fucking Tim and Eric sketch, right? Yeah, it's. I was like, "What's going on here?" It's really funny. It's the girl hacking, and she's just like hacking so fast. She's brushing her hands across the the, <laughs> yeah. the keyboard, and there's a couple really, really funny moments like that, and it kind of has that energy. But it's about these like they see like these the girls commit <laughs> yeah they commit su- these girls commit suicide because their revenge porn movie got out there and now if it gets 30,000 likes it'll be get released to the world so it's like this really intense subject matter and overall it's it wasn't that great because it had so many of these shining moments like the keyboard thing and then i think there's a uh. moment where this guy comes out of a cd motel and they're looking for someone who films women and then you know one by one more cameras start falling out of them like because they're like uh, no okay. like a, a big camcorder <laughs> falls and they're like it was a much smaller cam it was a much smaller camera to get this and then a smaller camera falls out than like something that's more 
wallet sized a wallet camera falls out no no pin <laughs> and these cameras keep falling out and shit like that so it has these yeah. really high points but it just doesn't keep that energy okay so that's miss and mrs cop uh cj entertainment if you it's on amazon prime for rental if you are looking for like a fe- two female lead cop movie then it is pretty cool you know you don't get a ton of those uh, cool. So that's Miss and Mrs. Cop. Um, and just want to shout out one other thing before we get to our review and bring our guest in here is Prank Encounters Season 2 on Netflix. This is Gatton Matarazzo's uh, prank show that uh, I really loved when it came out last year. Gatton Matarazzo is Dustin from Stranger Things. And this is his Netflix uh-huh. project. Where the kind of oh, yeah. the twist of this game show or prank show is that they're pranking two different people who don't know each other at the same time intertwining their stories so there's this like extra layer of believability between the people you know like because when you have two people who are real you start they're reacting a certain way and it's feeding into everything and Uh they're the pranks are pretty pretty big they're kind of like scare tactic style pranks oh okay they're like so the best ones yeah so imagine scare <laughs> tactics if it was a little bit bigger because you had two people you're pranking um, okay and i think yeah. what's so great about most of the episodes is the compassion like and the love the people you see people's real reactions not only to the scary shit but to like maybe they're hired to be because they're always pranked because they're hired to work somewhere. Two different people doing uh-huh. like an odd one-off job okay. or something. Like help this party planner for a day as an assistant. So the party uh-huh. planner, maybe she gets yelled at by someone who's going to like be the psycho killer later. And then you'll see uh-huh. the real person like when they're alone be like, it's okay. You know, I think uh, you're doing okay. a really good job. And you see these yeah. people be really sweet in, in a lot of these situations. And it's really fun to watch. And the reactions are priceless. So I would uh, highly suggest Prank Encounters. Season 1 uh, is all out from like a year or two ago. Season 2 just came out. I've only seen one episode of Season 2, but so far it's really good. Sick. Okay. Maybe I'll check that out. Cool. So that's Prank Encounters. It's on Netflix. Um, let's get into our feature review of kong godzilla versus kong we are here with our feature review of godzilla versus kong and we're here with a special guest we have writer producer podcaster noah kinsey noah hello hey how's it going guys very good we're very happy to have you on this monster sized episode now earlier we did um Introduce me as being the giant ape and Chris as the Godzilla. What would you, if you were at the beginning of the episode, what would you wish to be introduced as the ape or the Godzilla? Oh, shoot. Uh, I would probably have to say the ape. Fair, fair. I'm an ape, but we'll get into that. We'll get into sides a little <laughs> bit later. We're here to review and talk about this new movie. The epic next chapter in the cinematic monsterverse pits two of the greatest icons in motion picture history against one another, the fearsome Godzilla and the mighty Kong, with humanity caught in the balance. It's the new Godzilla and Kong movie, the, I guess you would call it the fourth in the monsterverse series. Why, 
wouldn't you want to call it the kaiju universe you know, I don't make these things. I would rather it be that. That sounds so much better than the monster. I didn't even know the monster verse really was a thing until a few days ago. I the kaiju verse, I'm much more into. Let's get into this review before we talk about um, even the review. I want to kind of know your general thoughts on this monster verse uh, that includes Godzilla 2014, Godzilla 2018. Godzilla King of Monsters 2018 and uh, Kong Skull Island. Noah, what was your relationship with those movies? Did you dig them? What is it? Uh, so I thought they were okay. Um, it's not really my genre. Um, my a previous podcast I had, we did a review on the very original King Kong um, oh. from way back, like in the 30s. Peter Jackson. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and it just I, I understand the spectacle side of it. Um, I found we'll get into it more, but I found the more recent Godzilla franchise to find itself way too serious. Whereas Kong Skull Island is kind of like an action comedy mm-hmm. with John C. Riley doing the heavy lifting. And so I mean I yeah. I enjoyed that one for what it is. I mean, these movies definitely they definitely want you to just accept what they're like, that you know what you're getting into for better or for worse. So I've seen them all because I'm a movie theater. Um, yeah. Big marquee movies. Uh, cinephile, big, I guess. Yeah. yeah. That so gets the I'm going to see though. them, but, but that's, that's where I'm at with those. Cool. How about you, Chris? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> I, a lot of the movies I'll end up seeing that come out in the summer because we, you know, we used to run a summer camp and we would have to take kids to these kind of PG-13 movies every week. So all of the movies I've seen, I probably would have seen them regardless, but I had seen them for free, which is cool. But the first Godzilla really didn't care too much about. I think Kong Skull Island is really fun. I like that uh, the director did uh, kings of summer he's really cool i think that movie has more style to it than the others but um king of the monsters i thought had the best action of all of these movies but the they just get hung up on the the human aspect of it and it's always like the least interesting part so uh i think that this movie balances that out a lot better well let's not get into this movie yet. Oh, i mean uh or does How it dare you <laughs> uh so yeah you're kind of a little whatever on all these the the past godzilla and monster series other than skull island yeah yeah i find it's it... kind of like uh when you're waiting for the franchise to turn into tokyo drift you know <laughs> well i'm i'm more of a uh number two we i don't, don't want to go into my fast and furious ranking that's going to start a whole hour's worth of conversations but number two is better than tokyo drift let's get in i i do think wow, yeah i know i'm already i'm already bringing bait out here to try to start a <laughs> non-godzilla related war um but yeah i agree kong skull island was really fun i think that's just a good movie I think the two Godzilla movies that have come out, the that and the King of Monsters, they have a lot of individual great moments, but I don't think they necessarily amount to two hours of time 
in, in both the human stories and the monster stories. And I think they were way too dark visually for style. It's oh, very, yeah. Super dark. It's very cool to have the, like, jumping out of the plane, free-falling, and then you see Godzilla there. But the whole, you know, like, do you remember that really cool thing from the trailer where, like, the lightning's going off and they're, like, free-falling right next to Godzilla? Yeah. That was yeah. cool dark. But then the whole movie is, like, let's hide Godzilla in lightning and things like that. <laughs> and uh, King of Monsters didn't suffer so much from that, but... Uh, suffered maybe more from the human story taking not enough of a bite but too much of a bite at the same time what is the saying <laughs> two's too many five's not enough but uh yeah i still show up all the time and i do enjoy them but i'm not really remembering them the way like kong skull island i did in those previous godzilla movies so let's talk about this newest one godzilla versus kong non-spoiler section noah did you like this movie and what food do you uh do you think this movie is like so so i think this movie was exactly what you would expect it to be i'm gonna say what food it is because that will inform what i'm gonna say here fair uh yeah, so I would say this is a McDonald's cheeseburger. The reason I say that is because you're getting exactly what they're promising and what you're expecting, but you still wish you liked it more than you did and wished it was more than what it was. You wish it was better. <laughs> yeah, but I can't I can't say that I felt it lacking. It was exactly what they were offering so mm-hmm. it's i feel like my our whole discussion on my end is going to be have this sounds like i'm uh contradicting myself a lot which i mean well well you, you know one thing that uh i find will happen is sometimes we're like we really love this movie and then we tear it apart or we're, <laughs> we're like we didn't like this movie and then we just talk about what we liked about it sometimes that so it's tough t- yeah, it's tough, Joe, because you and I have talked about this where one of my biggest issues with critics is they tend to judge movies all on the same scale, despite the fact that Citizen Kane is not trying to do the same thing that Dumb and Dumber is or vice versa. So it's Citizen it, Kane I, wishes. So I, <laughs> I know, right? Seriously. Uh, but yeah, so it's one of those things where it's like I can't. I can't rip it apart. I, I guess I struggle with that just because it is exactly what you should have expected it to be. In some, in sometimes I might push back on something in a stance like that as being not lazy, but something in that realm. But I actually think for uh, this movie specifically, it's one of the more the most fitting, you know, ways to to ingest it. <laughs> Because it's very specific, and I'll get into that once I get into it. But yeah, I do think that's fair. Um, Chris, how about you? Yeah, I, I pretty much feel exactly the same way. I was gonna say it's like a uh, like a subway sandwich. It's like it's exactly you're choosing every single thing that goes into it, but it's like it's that's all it is. You know, you're like okay. <laughs> 
This yeah. is everything I anticipated it to be, but that's all it is at the same time. And I wish it was something more, but. Is there anything more sad than that when you're like, no, I'll get extra chicken, I'll get the Chipotle Southwest, <laughs> and I'll make them toast. I'll make them toast it twice. And then you're still like, no, there's some something <laughs> off about this thing still. Yeah, you know what's funny is actually I just was watching some random clips from the Tom Green show the other day. And there's one where he goes to a subway. I don't know if you remember, but he just keeps ordering like a little bit more lettuce, a little bit more tomatoes. <laughs> and he does it for like 20 minutes and the guy just keeps putting stuff on the sandwich. Oh, man. I will so have good. to look but, that up. Yeah. I miss Tom Green. Yeah. Uh, I to- I thought, yeah, like it's just it's everything we expected. And uh, I appreciate that the human stuff doesn't bog it down too much to the point where I was like, can you just shut up and get to the monsters? Skarsgård is what you're <laughs> saying. Um, so what did you say the food you thought it was? Yeah, the, sandwich, the, the, subway sandwich, sandwich. the subway sandwich. Yeah, thinking huh. we're all very similar, but I think I maybe liked this movie more. Um, okay. I did really enjoy watching it. I stayed up till midnight the night it came out. What was it? Tuesday or Wednesday <laughs> night to watch it. I was just like, let's do it. Let's make this a thing. And I was hooting and hollering as it began. Uh, I was very excited. And then I knew we were in trouble when the first human sentence said, is just like pure exposition. <laughs> the monsters are going to fight forever in a battle of dominance. <laughs> and you're just like, okay, <laughs> I know what this is. That's <laughs> thank you for just saying that. And I hope that's the last the humans say of anything. Um, but yeah, it I, isn't. This movie proves that uh, the th- movies can be very fun and you could like them and they cannot be good. This movie is not good. It's not a good movie. It really is just a, a, a big meaty substance to hold up these set pieces. And that's it. Like, I think even the mm-hmm. human stuff is too much because mm-hmm. it's, it, it is baffling. A lot of the human choices is baffling and it's hard to like this movie um, with any sort of cultural context at all. There's so much wrong <laughs> with like the details this movie chooses uh and we'll get into that uh but it gives you like three amazing set pieces of the monsters fighting so i'm into it so i did really like it but i think it's a really bad movie i think it's i i don't i i'm a little surprised by the team involved with it cuz um Adam Wingard, I like his work. Like he did, directed the guest and you're next. Those yeah. movies are awesome. And then the writers are like the, what's the name? Terry Rocio, who's like Shrek, Aladdin, Pirates of the Caribbean is credited. And then uh, Michael Doherty. Wow. Michael Doherty's, uh, you know, done a lot of cool stuff. You, these, these people have, what did they do? What did they write? Like a stunt team should have written this. Cause whatever mm-hmm. like involvement they had, 
uh, it wasn't there. But so I think this is uh, very similar to you, Noah. It's a Happy Meal that you bought to get the toy. You were like, oh, <laughs> shit, they're having Godzilla oh, yeah. toys, and I want the Godzilla toy. So then you get the toy, and you're like, cool. But the food will probably be good, too. I'll at least enjoy the food, and I get the toy. And then you eat the food, and you're like, oh, fuck, the food wasn't good. <laughs> and it made me feel sick now. <laughs> but I got my toy. Um, so I would recommend the movie. I and again, would. you said you did like it more than we did. It sounds like you did. Too. Yeah, I would recommend it over the other Godzilla movies. I think they found oh, their Oh, 100%. Yeah, I think yeah. this is yeah, what they should have had. And I am not huh. against a trial and error of being like, oh, let's have the Arkaiju movie be about uh, Brian Cranston's family and stuff. Oh, people don't really <laughs> like that. Um, Dude, they, you know why, though? It's because they fucking bait and switch Brian Cranston. He's like at the height of breaking yeah. down popularity. They show him off in all the trailers. He dies in the what first the 10 minutes, thing? and you're like... Was... Mm-hmm the only guy in the trailer yeah and the and movie just does. What the quicksilver and wanda having a sexual relationship very bizarre yeah, yeah it's and uh, so everything with brian cranston and his wife like that's all so good and heartbreaking uh and then it falls off from there but so then i think you have the king of monsters which they're like okay well let's try to make it fun with like these this team on a giant aircraft and have the human story happen through that and try to say something environmentally and have the monster battles but everyone's still like no what the fuck we want more more, (laughs) we we just want monsters uh and then this is like let's lean more into it and i hope they lean more into it after this take out Mm -hmm. the humans because Millie Bobby Brown is only in this movie because she was in the previous one. <laughs> That's the mm-hmm. only reason she is in this movie. Well, I have thoughts on her, but let's wait till the spoilers. Let's get into spoilers. I'll uh, I'll give up the mic. Talking a little too much about this movie at this moment. Let's get into spoilers. Uh, I'll open up the floor. Noah, anything on your mind? You said no, uh, Millie. You want to talk about Millie Bobby Brown? I'll let you jump into that. Yeah, so, so a hundred percent, she was in it because she was in the last one. But so this movie, you really have to. This is like the theme of all of my thoughts here because it's like I have a kaiju battle going in my mind versus suspension of disbelief versus nonsensical shit happening that's hurting my brain. And <laughs> like when it, when it came to her. It was like Godzilla was framed that she heard from the podcast. And so she's like freaking out talking to her dad how they have the wrong guy. But yet, how many how many missiles does a plane shoot at Godzilla? And he doesn't even flinch. What I don't her sense of urgency in this whole movie just made zero sense because it just. It felt like she was urgent because the script told her she has to be urgent. It just was hurting me because I'm like, there's there's no inciting incident. Uh, I mean, once again, Godzilla can't be hurt by these missiles that happened. <laughs> At least I'm not seeing yeah. him be hurt by it. So I'm not really yeah. understanding why she's so concerned. Didn't they drop a bomb called the Oxygen Destroyer or something on him and he was fine? Like, so... <laughs> Yeah, there was no um, 
arc given to her or her friend or anyone. She's just doing it. She's just Any involved because yeah. she was in the, sec- uh, the previous movie. It's the only reason she's involved at all. She doesn't have any moment, really. And I find it, I found it a little disturbing, the whole conspiracy theory thread. And in our time right now, our QAnon era that we're in, just this, to so recklessly play around with that detail in a And how easy was that dude to find? It was so easy to find. Yeah. And he's a, easy. He he's a black guy who bleaches his skin. And that's just yeah. a like a little joke detail that they use to find him. And it, it seems to me you can't have a de- these details in a vacuum the way this movie wants to. Yeah. yeah. That that was that was something else. Uh um, and the fact that he did that and she said it so common sense, like, we have to find this guy. He for sure has the inside information. He bleaches his skin was just, <laughs> I don't know. I just, that was just so off putting. Yeah. I'm not sure what the, I'm not sure if maybe I'm just like not viewing the movie through the right comedic lens or something. But I think it, a lot of it has to do with it wasn't interesting and fun enough, even if it was meant to be some sort of like commentary or joke. And I just didn't appreciate even that trio of characters. You know, you have. No, the... I... Go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I, I feel like the writers did have a, a pretty big challenge with this because I've found the Godzilla movies to be you know, overly serious, whereas Kong has had uh, opportunities for comedy. And when you're merging those two, even though they're big kaijus in each of their movies, it's tone of both of those movies are so different that if you're bringing fans of both franchises, it's hard to find a happy medium. And I feel like with those characters, it felt like they were trying to service comedy side Mm -hmm. because you have the for the wilder people kid and the uh i juanon guy just trying to do the comedy <laughs> and it just Juanon, please tweet it if you haven't <laughs> <laughs> and it just i felt like they were the ones to try and be the humor but it just it it felt as forced as the humor in terminator genesis to me where it just just stuck out in a not great way mm-hmm. yeah the because they have this dynamic that's Millie Bobby Brown, who um, the only thing we know about her character is that she was like, oh, yeah, I'll help my mom commit genocide. Like, <laughs> that's all we really knew about her. And now she's like, no, I'm uh, I'm all into conspiracy theories and stopping Godzilla and all. She's what... Godzilla super fan. It's, number one. Yeah, it's just like. We don't even know who she is. Then her friend is like the Ned trying to be the new oh, from yeah. uh, Spider-Man. And I love that uh, actor from Hunt from the Wilder People. I think he's really good. I don't think he was given anything or bringing it. And then uh, was it uh, the uh, Brian Tyree Henry is good, but I just think this um, conspiracy theorist character too is just 
it's not hitting for me as anything realistic or interesting or funny. You know, it's just like, that's not what conspiracy theorists look like anymore in a funny way. We've seen it, if it is. So, yeah. And I have to say, one of the parts that really threw me out of the movie is when they see Mecha Godzilla and the uh, conspiracy theory guy goes, it's Robo Godzilla. And the Hunt for the Willow People kid said, "It's no, it's Mecha Godzilla." Now, it threw me out because yes, I understand this is a fan service moment because of Mecha Godzilla. But within the vacuum of this world of the movie, what was the point in correcting him? You're both right. I don't understand <laughs> within the movie. I'm like that doesn't that correction makes no sense. Yeah, it, yeah, it is yeah, just a nod. It's simple, like uh, just the line of being like. No, like, what about Mecha Godzilla? And then he's like, "Oh, that's way better," or something. Like, yeah. Then it would actually that make been sense, easy. and it would be, yeah, yeah. I d- and I. D- what do and you he- think about the design of Mecha Godzilla? Just, I mean, of all I the know. things I had found wrong with this movie, that was the least of my low least. tier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I... Why? How did it become sentient? Did I black out and miss that part? <laughs> it just did. Well, like. The one guy was controlling it, right? And then yeah. something happened. The computer messed up. But it I don't think it ever showed, like, did that guy get sucked, his brain, like, sucked into it? Because it never showed that guy after. Like, is he dead? Or was he, uh, like... Yeah, not... it didn't show him after, but it showed him getting, coming out of it because his eyes went back. I love this. They definitely cut corners on that special effect. They just had the actor look up really hard. <laughs> <laughs> The, and that guy, like, what's his backstory? I don't think he has one. I think he's yeah. just He just says, guy. like, two lines. Uh, but, yeah, I just thought the he didn't have that chunky look that, like, Godzilla has. And yeah. so I did, I for a movie that the best attribute of it is the monsters and monster fights, I was just a little disappointed in the Mechagodzilla um. Look. The other thing about that guy who's controlling him is his ty- his uh, name in the movie. His last name is the same as, uh, gosh, the guy from the other Godzilla movies. Like, it's his son. Oh, um, he, the monarch guy? The guy who... Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's his name? The lore we don't need. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> they don't even mention it, you know? But no, for some it reason, plays Ken Watson no factor yeah. in this movie. Yeah. So I don't know if they cut stuff out that explains that character's origin, but apparently it seems like he's the son of Ken Watanabe. And can we be clear that, or like, can we all agree that the super rich dude that constructed the Mechagodzilla, he chose to be a bad guy. I mean, like, he 100%, (laughs) he was making a Mechagodzilla, which when I'm thinking about it, is thinking, yes, that makes sense to protect the world from regular Godzilla, seeing as how missiles don't kill it. But instead he's like, no, because then I will hold the world hostage. It's like literally you would be the most, (laughs) the richest, most popular. You'd be the hero of the entire world to have created this. You are purposely choosing to be evil. Yeah. It's not going to benefit you. People will come after you. Yeah. As opposed to just being a hero. Is it also funny that he decided to make this hidden uh, 
place that he builds it right under Hong Kong instead of in the middle of like nowhere. He's like, I'm going to put it right under the busiest, one of the busiest cities in the world. A place that perhaps might get so attacked when monsters, recently. Yeah. When monsters come, he'll come out and just wreck everything. Yeah. Pretty great. It's a, they're just these logic gaps that just, even <laughs> like where you're talking about before, Joe, at the beginning where we have to protect Kong because if Godzilla finds out he's alive, he's going to attack him. And it's like, based on what? Pretty sure they're both really old and nothing's happened yet. <laughs> yeah. Where, yeah. Why doesn't yeah. Godzilla this, just go to Skull team? Island? Yeah, like, like yeah. well, because it's funny because they she says, like, they're two alphas. There can't be two, two alphas. How do you know Kong's an alpha if he's never even fought any of them and you don't want him to fight them? It means he's not an alpha. But also, Godzilla in the beginning knows there's a Mecha Godzilla, but he doesn't know that there's a Kong. Like he goes to that thing to fuck up the place because there's right. some sort of Mecha Godzilla being built. Like, how would he not know that Kong exists if he knows a robot that's not even sentient? Yeah, what energy is going like to challenge him? Can read some sort of energy. If he could read that energy, you could read <laughs> Kong energy. And you know what? I will say, I don't even mind that stuff. I think I'd rather, and I was kind of like, as much as I hated the expositional lines, they come pretty heavy in the first part of it, but I was like, okay, you're just telling us, um, I like a movie like that. That's just like, Hey, they're fighting because of the, they will fight because of this reason. This is why it makes sense in the world. We all agree. Okay. Now let's go see it. But instead what this movie does is it does that. And it says, let's go see it along with these other characters Alexander Skarsgård. <laughs> You're just like, no, I don't want them. Because you have this the main uh, bad guy we were just talking about. He is a bad guy. His daughter died, and he didn't give a shit. He didn't say anything about it. He just let it happen. And we don't care. It is a little funny, and I, I think it's played... It's played the way it should be played, where we're kind of, like, cheering and uh, when it, they die. But, like... Alexander Skarsgård character, no, I don't care about his sacrifice or anything that he's doing. I don't care about the perfect native girl trope that you're playing with this little girl. And I don't think you need it either. Can we maybe choose like one or two scenes where she's crying instead of all of them? <laughs> That has, I mean, if she cries every single scene, then it's one of those things where that's just her normal. I just, I don't feel any emotion from her. I'm like, I guess she just cries a lot. Yeah, I have to let let her, let her out. Or maybe, let it out, kid. Or maybe it's like like the Casino Royale guy who has like a cut in his eye ever, where he keeps having to like wipe it away. Yeah, well, her character. It's funny with her character and her whole situation too, because it's like. Oh, well, you know, her entire family and tribe were all wiped out and she's the sole survivor. And then that woman is basically like, I'm a scientist, but I'm also kind of now her mom, but not really, but, but really. And then she's like, but I'm still going to bring her around the most dangerous scenarios and keep her as close to King Kong as possible. She's used as a tool. Yeah. She's not being treated like a child. She's being treated like... Like a She's practically Jane Goodall Jr. Uh, uh, Kaiju Goodall Jr. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so, yeah, I almost think even with 
the general story of these, why can't we just see like the story following some Hong Kong citizens or officials if it's going to be in Hong Kong like the way this uh, movie ends where it's just follows some Chinese people story and Godzilla attacks. Why does it need to be this like monarch that way we can get the Americans in and they're destroying some other city <laughs> or have it be in Japan? Like why can't they just do that and say, Hey, Godzilla attacks. He's fighting this other monster. And here's the B story of some humans trapped under rubble who we are connected with because they were going to get married the next day. Blah, blah, blah. Just give us one of those. We don't need, like, one of them's American because we want Scarlett Johansson to be in it. And one of them is, you know, that like, just try it. Yeah, and uh, speaking of someone who's only in it because the studio invoked their sequel clause, poor Kyle Chandler. Oh my <laughs> yeah. god! I mean, he he. I I vaguely remember him serving a function in the last one, but this one he's basically just a Godzilla groupie, where he just travels <laughs> to each city that Godzilla's yeah. in to look nervous. I mean, is that in the job <laughs> description? He has to look worried. He yeah. yeah. What was he doing? The last also, movie. Also, I he's felt like... like he was. He looked way more. Uh, relieved than surprised that his daughter was randomly in hong kong all of a sudden yeah. yeah i thought the end there i was like why is he acting like he's looking for his daughter he shouldn't know that she's there it seemed like he was like he was there just to look for her but take him out when he give, sees her he's like oh hey thank god give me the no them cut i don't want kyle chandler and Millie he's Bobby in like Brown three scenes and the entire, you know, King of the Monsters, he, like, learned the entire entirety of that movie, they learned, oh, you know, Godzilla has a purpose. He's doing this stuff. And then in this movie, it's like he forgot all of that. She's like, Dad, we know. This is what Godzilla does. He's like, no, nah, but this time it's different. She's like, <laughs> no, what how, What makes you think that? And he's just like, no, you don't understand. And, yeah, let's, let's take a moment to talk about Godzilla a little bit after the, we wrap up this topic because I think – that's a big issue for me as Godzilla compared to the last movie. Um, so, well, I think what King of Monsters did was it gave Godzilla a lot of personality. And that was really fun. And you see that Kong Skull Island, Kong had a lot of personality. Um, and that seemed interesting to me, see two personalities. Not that I could really tell you what their personalities were, but they just had like... They weren't just monsters on a destructive path. In this movie, Godzilla is just a monster on a destructive path. That's it. And he's obviously the bad guy. Kong's the main character. You know, Kong is the one we're following. And I don't know. I wonder what that movie is where Godzilla is a little bit, has more personality. I thought all of his scenes were awesome. But uh, yeah, no, that's a good point. And I think leading into this movie, I was wondering how they were going to make it seem like a fair fight, because for all intents and purposes, Godzilla <laughs> would just end like it would be just the fastest fight ever. I don't even think normally they're the same height. 
So I'm like, well, how are they going to even this? And so I think, I don't know, by the way, nor am I that interested to find out if I'm right. <laughs> but I think, I think they recognize the challenge. And so they thought, well, in order for this to not seem like a squash match, we have to follow Kong around. And we have to basically mm -hmm. have the military protecting him because this was... You know, sometimes writers are like backed into a corner and have to figure out here are the parameters. They suck. They don't really make sense, but you got to do it. And I would guess maybe that was part of it where it just mm -hmm. was the way to make it seem more even. I don't know. I think that's, but that's just my. That theory. sounds right. And even from some of the things I've heard um, Adam Wingard talk about, just as far as like his thoughts on Kong. But I do think they almost zapped Godzilla. Like it's yeah. still it's still okay to give him to give Godzilla character while we're still following Kong. Although on the Godzilla versus Kong debate, um, I agree Godzilla's probably and obviously he wins, but he's more weighted to it. But I thought people really discounted Kong's chances. It's not it wouldn't be a wash, <laughs> is what I thought. Uh, and well, the movie showed okay, that. So the thing is, in Kong Skull Island, like they reference the fact that Kong in that movie in the '60s is like a baby, and that his family died, so he's smaller in that movie. And mm -hmm. then you know, 50 years later, he gets bigger, so then they can make him as the appropriate size for Godzilla. But then the other thing is, like King of the Monsters is all about Godzilla's origin for this universe, where he lives in that like underwater temple thing that they nuke to revive him. Mm -hmm. So then this movie, they're like, oh, we need to do an actual origin for Kong. I just think it's so funny that, like, before going to this movie, everyone's on the same page of, like, dude, Godzilla would fuck Kong up. And then this movie, they're like, okay, but did you know Kong has this underworld where his family lived in a throne room and they have this relic that's like an axe that <laughs> controls all this extra power? You're like, what the fuck is going on? They, like, created this crazy origin story for him. Yeah, and I, honestly, some of my least favorite parts of the action moments is that. So let, maybe let's – are you guys comfortable uh, with talking about the set pieces? So we have the boat fight. We have the going underground to the throne room, the travel tour there, and then we have the final battle. Let's talk about the boat one. I thought this was a really cool fighting sequence considering the fact that it shouldn't have been since yeah. Kong is just chained on a boat. <laughs> yeah, I would uh, I would yeah. agree. I felt they were really clever with the choreography of how they were gonna stage that. Um I I was I, I guess I'm a little surprised that they wouldn't that it didn't seem like they uh, took many precautions to try and protect Kong other than the boats <laughs> up ahead. I guess they were, you know, Operation Human Shield type Four of thing boats, going on. Yeah. But, yeah, because <laughs> uh, holy crap, I'd be like, wait, wh which boat am I in? No, 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 no yeah, I'm sticking with Yeah, we're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no way they wouldn't. I mean... I mean, it's one of those things where it's kind of like in Transformers movies where I just ask the military, like, do you really have that many bullets that you're just going to waste them on something that it, you know it's not going to hurt? Like, what's the point? Maybe I'm just a quitter. 
like if Godzilla's coming and be like, you know, we tried to nuke this dude and I, I think it just tickled. Yeah. I would just be like, Wouldn't let's you... just let's sail the opposite way. Yeah, let's just in, yeah. instead of fighting, let's work on like getting people out of the way and just letting that Godzilla like, do his thing. Yeah, yeah, just the basis of like being in a world where there's these giant monsters like Godzilla that swim in the ocean and you're going to step foot on any boat or submarine. He's like, no. I quit. I quit the. I quit the navy. I won't Fuck even that. keep a gun on me. It's not going to be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I thought this scene was really cool, and I think really uh, it's so good because of that drama of not knowing how Kong's going to make it through. Uh, even though we want to see that that fair fight between them, it that pays off in the end. So here it was great to have this this scene. It was probably one of my favorites. Maybe even. Uh, more fun than the final sequence. Um, so yeah, that's my thoughts on it. I thought that's just kind of like one of the main reasons you watch this movie. Yeah, I thought that this was the best of the three. And by the way, I love uh, Sarsgaard, uh The exposition of letting us know there was one more round. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Yeah. God, I wrote that to you. I was like, <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, then going into the second set piece, which is the travel into this underworld and then going into this underworld, I didn't like this. I didn't really like the idea (laughs) behind it. So for me, the whole anchor of what makes these movies interesting is like the human limitation of dealing with monsters and being in our world, dealing with huge monsters it's more interesting to me that Godzilla would walk through New York city than it is for me being on Mars with Godzilla. So this is like, here's just this fantasy land and we're there. I'm like, not interested. It didn't resonate with you. The, uh, the question that the director gave you is what's more dangerous, a Kaiju or corporate greed. That didn't, didn't really take this movie to the it, next level for it you? It really did not. And this movie says so much <laughs> less than any of the other movies. I think the um, King of Monsters has the most to say, I think, as far as, like, do we start over? And it's not even that big of a of a question yeah. of just, like, it's the Thanos. For better or for worse. Yeah. yeah that's, it, that's the one. It, it, was in the, it came out in the Thanos era of villains, um, and this one that it barely plays, you know, that, that message. So this is the Steppenwolf to the last one's Thanos. Uh, <laughs> please do not get me started on Steppenwolf. <laughs> uh, but you yeah, like his glow up anyway, I did like his glow up. <laughs> he also, he had a glow up as well as a glow down in a lot of ways, but that's for the, that's for a past <laughs> episode. Um, so yeah, what did you guys think about this, um, starting with Noah, this sequence of the, whatever, inverse universe? Uh, it fell flat for me. Uh, uh, I feel, I don't like comparing franchises that much because I, I want to judge something by its own set of rules and its own universe, but it's hard when... Marvel has shown us all these different worlds that 
fantastical and are different and have all these uh, possibilities. And this one just felt like they didn't really know what they wanted to show except for, hey, you can jump up and then all of a sudden you're falling down on the other way and there's rocks and then there's an energy source in here that somehow only... I don't know. It just it felt like it was... Mm. It felt like they threw a bunch of spaghetti on the wall to see what stuck in all the spaghetti stuck. Yeah, and it was very, like, first thought, like, oh, this magical world will just be, like, the most easy landscape to render. (laughs) Like, that's what (laughs) made our choices. Uh, And a lot more human stuff there. Uh, Yes, Chris? the, The thing is, like, there's cool, there's interesting ideas with that underworld of, like, oh, there's... There's this gravity on like both sides of the ground and the ceiling and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But then they don't actually utilize that yeah. for anything. It was like, oh, it would be cool if they had a fight here. Can they do some cool stuff where they're throwing each other up and then flipping mm-hmm. around? And it's this like weird, bizarre inception, like hallway fight or something. But yeah. they just like, nah, nah, we're going to move on past whatever is actually interesting about this place and then go into a big room with these fucking bats. And you're like, okay. Yeah. Great. And while I do enjoy the, the like, mischief of other monsters who are inconsequential, uh, getting to get killed and attacked, you know, uh, it just, like, the whole sequence didn't quite do it for me, which is why I'm glad we did get the final sequence, which is the big, like, we need to see a battle in a city. That's how these need to end or start. Yeah. One way or another. And then the final battle, it gave that. What did you guys think about that final big city battle? Uh, I still think the first one in the ocean was much better. This was more just kind of ground and pound. Um, and by the end, though, I was very shocked that there was anyone still alive in Hong Kong. Because holy shit. <laughs> yeah. But it just, it kind of felt overly long. Um and I just remembered a part that's amazing. I love when Kong stands up and grabs his shoulder and puts it back into its socket. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, Kong I is. love how Kong's a fan of lethal weapon. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Also, you know, what's great is like he bashes his arm into a building and then think like there's just people in that building mm-hmm. who are like. Looking out the window, oh, yeah, like, what is he doing? And then just he his he fucking did. shoulder slams into their fucking houses. Yeah, you know what? Uh, they, they really, I what the movie I would like to see because we don't want to care about that. We don't want to care about the citizens dying and stuff. And like mm-hmm. Evangelion did that. Like, let's just have this huge lockdown procedure that is so all encompassing that everybody's gone when the angels come. There's nobody there because we're just so good. Uh, yes, uh, similar to Batman versus Superman. Mm-hmm. When they fight Doomsday at the end, True. it's an evacuated city. That's like, just do that because you know the monsters are there. And like, who cares about your narrative hole that the universe is, this monster versus only 50 years old or whatever. Like, no, just like the city clears out so that these monsters can fight. And then if someone is stuck out in the city... It's even more uh, dramatic, and we want to follow that person. It's Cloverfield. Give us that. 
Um, but yeah, I think it was a satisfying fight, although I do see your point at just being ground and pound versus the really interesting narrative like handcuffs that are put on King Kong literally and figuratively in the first fight. I think that adds so <laughs> much to it. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe they ended with that because they knew that's what was expected. And they knew they kind of had to check off that box and just to have it at the end where they have to come together and come together. Oh yeah. And, well, that, the, know, the, the Martha yeah. solution. Yeah. So it just, that whole thing just, I was waiting. See, here's the deal. Like once again, I, I feel bad being criticizing, but there's certain moments where I'm like that potentially could have had an easy solution because at the start of the movie, or at least once they were in Hong Kong, they noticed that was it Ghidorah? or one of their brains was being used to run the Mechagodzilla, I was almost wondering if it became sentient because because the brain of the other kaiju was still operational, that somehow it, like, inhabited Mechagodzilla. So mm -hmm. I kind of thought that, but it just turned out to be a, a robot malfunction that was able to be aware of it. Like, it just... All of that stuff just that kind of threw me out of it just because once again, I know what it's supposed to be and it shouldn't throw me out of it. Mm -hmm. But when it seems like there's such a simple solution and they're not even going to do that, uh, it, 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 it's hard to reconcile that in my brain. Right. Can I throw a question out there that I want to ask myself? It's that. Imagine this was a Godzilla movie from 50 years ago. So, and you're watching it. So imagine all the production value, the actors, settings, everything. I think this movie personally would really rip and we would be talking about it and be like, this is crazy and funny and cool. Do you guys think that's true? And do you think it even matters if it is with no. technology now like if it came out as it is 50 years ago or with technology no just like this was a, a you saw godzilla versus kong in a dvd bin <laughs> like someone kong. found like seven, 50 years ago someone found this like film reel and they played this movie and they're like what the fuck is this well no it doesn't look like is this I mean? but just like all the story oh. beats the whole same oh, okay. story, everything, but it has the production value of, like, you know, a classic Godzilla movie. So it'll look like, yeah, the old ones. Look like the old ones ha set with I the... mean, I've, I don't really think I've ever seen, like, the original Godzilla movies. I haven't either. I'm not... Since I, I was a kid, so I don't know if maybe it's, like, exactly the same. Yeah, and I don't think I it think is. I think it would. But I think, I think it, it would, would do really well. Yeah. I think so, too. I mean, when the first King Kong came out, that blew people's minds and made so oh. much money in the theater for back then. And really a lot of it was just the actors walking in front of a huge projection where like at one point a Loch Ness monster comes out and they'd be like, Oh my God. And they pretend to have to fight it, even <laughs> though it's obviously on a different screen, but because no one had seen something like that before, it was just this, huge spectacle as it is now so yeah i i well, do think that's you know exactly, we're jaded by the cgi that's not exactly even the focus of the question it's more okay. 
it's more like are we judging this movie harshly because of its high production these things we know but if we were to like watch uh the very real godzilla versus mothra movie and then this movie you know shot with just looking just like the 1960s godzilla mothra would we judge it would be like that was really interesting and cool and weird you know like all the weird things that aren't uh yeah, like the uh, it's like the not vehicles a, that fly and yeah, stuff it's like, like that. Because you break it down, it's like a really stupid but silly movie. It's, you know, the daughter of this rich guy goes to the fucking center of the earth with these random people and a giant gorilla. And they let a little girl go with them. You know, like these are actually yeah. really cool elements. Like even if this was an anime, would we all of a sudden be like, this is so bonkers and cool? Or is it somewhat of it the presentation of it not just being a big hollywood movie but it being real actors and things is does that kind of detract the kitsch of that it could it be trying to achieve look one thing i feel like is i do think that the action in this movie like i was saying is not as good as king of the monsters you don't think so? so? I, I think the uh, the action scenes in King of the Monsters is more fun because the monsters are crazier, like flying and spitting fire everywhere. Like a, a robot that just has like a laser, I don't know. It just seems very basic. And then King Kong is just a bi- giant person with an axe. So right. like the, fact the, that, the fight uh... scenes are in choreography can only be limited to that kind of aspect to it so. yeah you're right king of the monsters did have like a, these all like a spider monster and all these things yeah and even like though, the lava spewing out everywhere and one of the fights and yeah uh, the mothra stuff was cool i thought i just yeah i just think that even at the base like this movie is very fun but action wise it's just kind of underwhelming you know if he did like a stone cold stunner on godzilla i'd be like this is sick or like suplex somewhere, <laughs> but there wasn't even that, you know. Yeah, you do. I'm always excited still when I see wrestling moves in an action movie. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. Big fan. Uh, so yeah, I don't even know what I mean by that question, but I think there is something to like sometimes the fo- the storytelling silliness and bizarreness we let get by based on uh yeah you know i mean come on it, this is a giant ape versus a supersized iguana like we know what we're getting into with this i think for me is the 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 human element which it's kind of this it's a tough uh tall order for the writers because on the one hand nobody really cares about the humans at all in these movies but on the other hand you kind of do need the human characters in there for the narrative so it's mm-hmm. trying to find the balance of we mm-hmm. people don't give a shit but if they weren't there they would give a shit type of thing mm-hmm. and i do think one of the big differences if we're looking at this the story is 50 years ago i think the the antagonist aspect works better because back then ad guys were bad guys because they were bad guys as opposed to now where 
the bad guys don't always think they're bad or there's some sort of mm -hmm. justification in their mind. They never think that they're the villain. Yeah, you know, the, even if the mustache they're trying to get something for themselves is gone. Yeah. So for me, that didn't track this time around because I feel like we're so far away from a bad guy literally choosing to be bad, where if he decided to be good, he would get the exact same stuff minus people coming after him. Mm -hmm. True. Yeah, I kind of... Oh, go ahead, Chris. I was just going to ask, you know, were you disappointed that Bradley Whitford wasn't in this movie? <laughs> yeah, like in King of the Monsters? so funny in that movie. Because uh, there could have been a line where someone's like, he's a king, Kong. Like the Godzilla <laughs> line, right? Missed opportunity there. Just for that, he should have been brought back. Yeah. Over Kyle Chandler. Yeah. Yeah, like if you're going to... Yeah, I I would like to see that. At the, I think this... Discussing this movie, which I don't want to tell you how hard it is to watch a movie at midnight of its release in the middle of a week and also have <laughs> the morals to not want to spoil it for anybody... So you're just like, I've not discussed it with anybody. I think I actually like this more when discussing it, but I think it's going to oh. take some of the parts that I really don't like about it. I think are going to take just some time away from the zeitgeist of where it's come out in, but I think it's really dumb. And I mean that in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. And I th kind of want to celebrate that. I've been really thinking for the past maybe year, especially with doing this podcast, of what makes these cult classics. And you never know it when you're watching something at the time. And a lot of times there are these, these criticized, misunderstood movies. I don't think this will necessarily become a cult classic. But there's some movies that you just mm -hmm. watch and you're like, that's so, it was so stupid and bad that really with older movies, you celebrate. You're like, you have to watch this old movie. It's so like stupid and crazy. And that's why you recommend it. So why aren't we recommending Kong versus Godzilla in the same vein? And that's because a black man bleaches his skin as a joke. <laughs> I think that's, that's not why. That, that's why. Um, any final thoughts from either of you about Kong versus Godzilla before we wrap it up? Do you guys uh, sound like, do I sound like a robot to you guys right now? Uh, no. So I can't, I getting, I'm getting audio from you guys. It's kind of like robotic. So I'm just curious if that's just, you, you don't sound robotic. No. You sound more. Mecha. Okay. Mecha. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> and See, that's could, how they could have done it. We could roll <laughs> the credits right there, but we won't. <laughs> Um. Oh yeah. You, do you really feel like half any. of this movie? Yeah, I was gonna say half. The all the stuff where they're f going around in the flying cars, was that just like stuff they put in there so they can make a new Universal ride? That you know, because I felt like when they're <laughs> up in his face and flying around their bodies, I was like, "What the fuck is going on? Is this just a?" I didn't to like full... it. It felt really like convenient creatively uh -huh. yeah exactly yeah, the way you're talking about where it's like yeah what is the thing that could be a ride an action figure in the movie uh -huh. easily with cgi yeah in this because <laughs> is it not like they're gonna they're gonna have a new fucking attraction you go into one of those star tours like cars mm -hmm. and then you're gonna go to the fucking underworld 
and see Kong's throne room mm. and the bats are going to fly at your face and all that shit. It's like, it's already just, it's all pre-planned. Yeah. And you know, let me yeah. say, I have come to this piece, which has allowed me to enjoy this movie a little bit more than I think I would have in the past, where I don't have much faith in these like Hollywood blockbuster movies anymore to be anything. They're supposed to be what Kong and Godzilla is, which is like, hey, did you see that fight scene and this or that and make you want to buy a Kong or Godzilla figure? But there's, we've been feeding our appetite with movies pretty healthily off of non like blockbuster big studio releases, wouldn't you say, Chris? And that's yeah. kind of like, that's where I'm going. I'm not expecting anything meaty off these Hollywood releases anymore. Quality of storytelling and quality of cr- maybe even like directorial craft is not necessarily. Um, uh, going to be guaranteed with a big blockbuster Hollywood movie anymore, and I think I blame that a lot on franchisement and studio meddling. So if you go in there with that thought, then you can kind of enjoy these movies, but you really have to turn off your brain. Yeah, I'd say, I think my, my final thought would be, is if you think I would hate this movie... You'd be right. If you think you're gonna <laughs> love this movie, you'll be right. Yeah, yeah. it does serve I just, itself. It's up. not. It's not pretending to be anything that it doesn't know it's supposed to be. It's mm-hmm. very self-aware, for better or for worse. At times, for worse, but yes. <laughs> the other thing about the human element to it is like there's basically two groups of humans, and. They never intersect in their stories. And also, I feel like if one of those groups was removed from the movie, it would be better. Which group? Either. I, I mean, uh, I'm not uh, saying, uh, like, uh. If, you take, if you take one away. I'm just saying, like, if you rewrote the story where there was only one group of people yeah, yeah. doing the stuff. There, like, that would be Bobby better. Brown's group did not need to be. Yeah, they, they, could, be they could be completely taken Something out. else yeah. could have done whatever they did. Um and maybe that's like what's fun like because i like all those actors so maybe just like seeing them all act will be really fun in 10 years you know seeing this movie and (laughs) then do the thing i don't know (laughs) um but how about we start to get into our sequel and double feature ideas everybody sounds like i would say go watch kong and godzilla it's a fun time but be aware of it and it's foibles culturally at addressing anything with the seemingly dangerous details it plays with like skin bleaching and conspiracy theory following (laughs) but uh how about sequel ideas uh chris how about you start us off with a sequel idea uh okay how about what about queen kong dude come on Yes, I love it. That's that's an easy one. He's got a throne room. There's a whole underworld. Who knows what's there? There could be more Kongs. Uh, what about uh, Godzilla versus Kong versus Power Rangers? Okay. Oh, I'm Can into we get it. that crossover. Um, what I was trying to look up other WB shit that they could do <laughs> versus. 
Because I mean, like, Mortal Kombat's coming out soon, or The Matrix. <laughs> the Matrix versus Kong. Uh, Kong, Kong, has, Kong has opposable thumbs. I think they should do a sequel where they make him guns. And then he just John Wicks the fuck out of all these monsters. Uh, Godzilla Akimbo. He can he can he can learn sign language, so they should just teach him jujitsu, and like have him watch a bunch of wrestling videos, and then he'll know how to take out all these monsters easy. I feel like you should probably head the like DC animation Godzilla team <laughs> just to do a bunch of these stories, <laughs> reference to earlier part in the podcast. Noah, do you have any ideas for a sequel? Anything you would want to see from this world? Well, I might be alone in this, but I would love to see a crossover with Ghostbusters where they bring the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Ooh. Like, make him giant, or even the Statue of Liberty to fight Godzilla or Kong. Dude. I think that would yes. be pretty great. You know what would also be sick is, and then they're like, oh shit, it's the ghost of Ghidorah. And then they have oh, this giant so Ghidorah-sized ghost. Yeah. Course correcting right there. Some nice retcon. I, I dig it. <laughs> I'm going to go with Planet of the Monsters. They send Kong and Godzilla to a planet to get off of Earth, but it's a planet with a bunch of monsters. And let's just see monsters. Let's just see monsters yeah. fighting the entire movie. So that's the thing. It's like, do you think they can do that with this whole underworld thing that they've got going? Or it's like a whole under the earth utopia. It's like there could be, uh, there's already these like bat things and the weird lizard things. So there could easily be more monsters down mm -hmm. there, right? I don't sure. think they'll have the guts to go like full or 90% monster with any of these movies. Uh -huh. I think they'll still oh, right. always have a Kyle have Chandler some and somebody. Yeah. I think it's just I kind feel like of like they have to. Yeah, I I think it's an insecurity choice that I hope I hope they sense. do 20 more of these movies and everyone has Millie Bobby Brown still in. It <laughs> just so urgent and everyone's like I, yeah. I don't know why you care. He can't be hurt. <laughs> yeah, uh, wow. What is she doing here in this film? <laughs> Uh, and how about double feature? This I struggled with a little bit. Anybody got a double feature to play with this movie? I'd say the first Pacific Rim. Um, just because I do, for me, I feel like that's probably the best kaiju-based movie I've seen maybe ever. And it actually has human characters that you care about on every level. So I would say have that finish it up because that one I feel is a very thoughtful kaiju movie which is a weird thing to say very cool i yeah i definitely agree with that i that's what i had down i also wrote down the power rangers movie the newest one <laughs> as nice. a joke but it's i do like that it's movie. not great but i do yeah, I, I like it's, that it's kind of the same where it's like it's not great but it's it's there's some fun bits in there sure yeah i guess for um a double feature for me with something like this is I'm going to throw out something from left field. That's what I'm going to do. My double feature is going to be uh, fuck, I forgot the name of the movie. Um, <laughs> Paradise Island. <laughs> Paradise oh, okay. Island. Watch Paradise Island. 
That's the one where they like their wishes come true. Their wishes come true. Watch that movie, then this movie. Because they're both completely bananas. And I think seeing the bananas nature of uh, Fantasy Island, then you'll Uh appreciate what they're doing in this movie. Do you think that this movie would exist in a world where they're on that fantasy island and they wish for a movie that's Kong versus Godzilla? <laughs> we that's wish for Godzilla. The product. I actually would like a fantasy island. Someone gets so mad at like someone else on the island that they wish for Godzilla to attack. <laughs> that's the movie I want to see. <laughs> um, well, very good. That's our thoughts on Godzilla versus Kong. Thank you so much for joining us, Noah. Please tell us where well, can we find your fun. work because uh, I'm a big fan of it. I think you're doing good things. Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on all social media at the Noah Kinsey. Uh, definitely check out my podcast, the Coffee Time Podcast with Noah Kinsey. New episodes every Monday morning. And my Patreon is patreon.com slash Noah Kinsey. I'm a, I'm a proud patron. Uh, it's always good stuff. So check it out. And Thank you, sir. You got it. Chris, how about you? Where can people find you? And what do we got coming up in the coming weeks? Yeah. Um, Rebirth Project on Twitter. The thing is, there's not really much coming out next week. There There is that new show, Them, coming out um, on shoot what is it on hbo Mm -hmm. have you seen that remember the trailer for that it looks kind of like it's like us made by some of the same people yeah a lot of people are saying it's like us it looks very similar to it but it's like like a show that's the thing is it's a show not a movie so uh movie wise i'm not sure i know that chaos walking came out for rent (laughs) finally digitally so maybe we could watch that. but We'll find a discount code. You could always send <laughs> us money, everybody, and we'll rent the movie for you. <laughs> uh, I am at Joe Cabello on, all, on Twitter, at Joe underscore Cabello on Instagram, just to keep you guessing. And uh, bottoms up, hard liquor issue number one. It's out now for anyone to purchase on my store, gumroad.com slash Joe Cabello. You can buy it digitally because the Kickstarter is done. Go check it out, or you can become a Patreon and uh, or patron, and you'll get it through that. Patreon.com slash Joe Cabello. And we'll see you again. Again, thank you, Noah. Keep so much. Like, this is so fun, guys. I really appreciate it. We love it. Another movie review podcast. At least it's better than a car crash. And we'll do a Talking movies and having a bliss. It's the beaded podcast. It's the beaded podcast.